Chapter 31 The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue by Victoria E. Schwab And this chapter will tell you all about why you must pick up this book and read it. And the spoiler part, we'll talk about all our favorite things in the story. About Adi and Henry and Luke. We discussed the theme of memory, how painful yet magical it was, as well as comparing the two male characters in Adi's life. Turn the page. Welcome to another chapter of Between the Pages. If this is your first time joining us, we welcome you. My name is Hanin. And my name is Nesma. We host this podcast together where uh, we review and recommend books for you. We usually have uh, non-spoiler chapters for those of you who want a spoiler-free review of a book and spoiler chapters where we simply review the book down to every last detail. But, however, from now on we're going to combine them together in one episode so the first couple minutes of the episode will be for non-spoiler and the rest of it will be spoiler for those of you who have read the book. Today we have The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue by Victoria Ishwab. This is our first book for Victoria, right? Uh, Victoria Schwab, yes. Yes, it's the first time. I don't know why my head went to Victoria as in the character <laughs> Victoria from the other book that we reviewed before. Yeah, Queen Victoria. Like, okay, wow. she's talking about the author. <laughs> yeah, so she's this is your first Victoria the Victoria Schwab book as well, yeah. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I think our mutual friend Selma read the, a, a duology for her, I think. Yeah, right? It was... Um, uh, yeah, this savage song yeah. and the second part of that. Hello, yeah. Our dark duet. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah. We also wanted to say that sorry that we haven't been posting for a while. <laughs> we have been MIA. <laughs> well, it's it's been getting harder here to, to meet up and record together because of corona and then stuff in our lives. <laughs> so, yeah. And it took me a while until I got a mic <laughs> so we can record separately. This is the first time this man and I record without like being in being in physical <laughs> in the same physical being space physically yeah. in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. it's weird not seeing you. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking to someone but <laughs> kind of talking to myself as yeah. well because <laughs> I'm just sitting here all alone in my room and nobody's next to me <laughs> well I guess yeah, we'll get I, used to I it mean... or we'll find a way to eat <laughs> so yeah we're going to start with the non-spoiler review of uh, the invisible life of Adi LaRue as always so for those of you who haven't like picked up the book I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, I feel like we're we're late to the party already. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> <And> are. <laughs> that took us a long time to read. Yeah. Uh, not because like it's a big book. It's just I guess life happened. <laughs> so we'll start with the summary. Just uh, if you don't know what the story is about, and here it goes. 
A life no one will remember, a story you will never forget. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue, and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes when, after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore and he remembers her name. I mean, I, I kind of have to admit that the summary doesn't give that much away now that I know the story and what it is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, as someone who read it for the first time and like was picking the book up, I was like, bookstore? Only what someone remembers. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> you know? <And> yeah. <laughs> and like while reading the book, um, I was, I felt like, I felt like I was reading The Court of Thorns and Roses for the first time and like City of Bones for the first time. You know, I haven't read something like this in a while, you know? Yeah. That, that takes you in without you being conscious of it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, I was like, as long like while I was reading, I was like, "This is good. This is good. <laughs> this keeps getting good and better and better." <laughs> you know, yeah. until it wasn't better. Things happened, so <laughs> a lot of things happened. Yeah. So I think it's more for those of you who want to know that this book is, I think, in the historical slash fantasy slash fiction. Not really fantasy. No, it's it's more of. Maybe like, surreal. Surreal. Yeah, I'd yeah. say surreal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's very um, an our world oriented. Like, don't expect to be there like a new world or new places that you have to learn or names that you can't pronounce or something like that. Um, it's very uh, like the real world, you know? And I love that. I love that. Yes. It was so... Um, um, you you were grounded, you know, because mm. you could kind of imagine it happening in our life. Yeah, because like of like, it, like the it's cities. Real. Uh -huh. Yeah, because of like the cities that were mentioned and all these places that we've heard of before but never been to. But we can imagine those places being real and happening. Like you know, so I, I kind of like that touch of um, reality in in the book. Yeah. It wasn't just that, it was that made it real. I mean, it was the idea that inside the story, like, the characters don't believe, like, there are characters that are unaware of the magic happening and characters that are, so it's like we're in on that little secret, you know? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot of other elements that you will get to find in the book <laughs> that made the story feel more realistic as well. And I like that it's realistic and fantasy. And yeah, I give it that feeling of surreality, you know? <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me that um, the book took 10 years to write 
for Victoria. Mm, I heard that from our bookstore owners. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I, we haven't fact checked that to be honest, but yeah, we have. We're just gonna go with that. <laughs> um, and I, if that actually is true, I'm. Is it justifiable that it should take this long? And I would say yes because mm. this book say yes is well. so worth it in mm-hmm. every single regard possible like it's really yeah. it was it's like a masterpiece it was crafted very carefully every word chosen like has um reason to be picked and every sentence is so like just mind-blowingly good like i've never seen such good writing like i honestly yeah. think victoria huh. schwab is gonna a bump Sarah J Maas to second place honestly really? I, I, I I can't like make a judgment like that <laughs> but I think that like what I would say is that um like we don't know Victoria's style uh this is our first book but I feel yeah. like these years are reflected on on the on the story like yeah like if you, like from the summary you hear that it's been like it's going on a long time so i feel like the long time decade is reflected in centuries in the story so you feel the difference or you feel that something that might have happened in a year that affected a plot point a plot point choice in in the book you know it's kinda, mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> I mean, I I honestly think that um, like comparing the writing style, it was so so good. Like it was really really good, and uh, you can really tell that she has put so much effort into making it perfect. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and like com- I I've read other authors, and you can see that um, to the lesser known ones, I mean, and you can see that there's a huge difference. You know, to the to the attention to detail Mm. so that's one thing that i really liked and yeah it's just something new it's really outside of the box even though there are stories that are similar to it it's still very unique on its own Mm. yes like we said that um there's this movie that's really similar to it it's called adeline Mm. right the age of adeline yeah the age of adeline exactly and uh, we thought that there were like similarities, but still, it's a completely different story. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a similar feeling, I guess, or or theme. Like exactly, yeah, yeah. Also, like I'm glad I bought I bought the paperback and not like an ebook. I'm so envious that you got them. <laughs> hardcover but either way we got art with the book like in as a separate thing it's not included in the book Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if that's uh like everyone got that (laughs) i don't know i mean around the world who knows oh we'll never know (laughs) that was exciting now i have more things to put on my wall (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I, I, I've never had like art before for for any kind of characters or stories. I mean, mm. I see art on like Pinterest and Instagram and all that, but I haven't yeah. owned a picture before. So that uh. was pretty cool <laughs> to receive. Like, I've had art included in books. Uh, I think only Cassandra Clare's 
you got me one and I had another. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't yeah. really count because it's part of the book. You know, you can't just yeah. move it and then <laughs> you would never Have do it that. in a frame or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to why we picked up the book. I mean, the the reason why we picked up the book, because we were on Instagram and we have uh, our, like a little page for our podcast and we saw that other bookstagrammers were like all about this book and we were like, <laughs> okay, why is everyone hyping about this book? Why is everyone talking about it? And then mm -hmm. we just read the synopsis and that was it for us. We were like, yeah, okay, we're I was like, bookstore, <laughs> only one person remembering her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Bookstore and only one person remembering her. Yep. You got me hooked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that was a pretty quick one for us, I think. We don't yeah. usually go with the hype, right? With everything. Yeah, but well, you sent me, you sent, you actually sent me the synopsis of the book and I was like, yeah, I'm getting that as well. We're doing it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were on board. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take me long. <laughs> Just reaching those last two sentences. <laughs> yep. I mean, so, it did take us long to read it. But like we yeah. said, it's not because of the story being bad or anything. It's just life got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Like always. <laughs> like always, yeah. But yeah, reading the book makes you feel ancient, <laughs> I guess. And <laughs> In a way, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of other things. A lot of other things. Mm -hmm. So if we, if like we come to the question, if we rec would recommend it, yes, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I would go buy it this. as a physical thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you can would, have the art. <laughs> mm, I would definitely recommend this book to every single reader I know. Because this is just, yeah. It's a book that even, I was even going to mention this, that it's a kind of book that once you finish it, you want to start it all over again. And I think mm. it's one of those... Yeah. One of those that you can pick up over and over and over and not feel bored. And even when you read it again, you might find things that you haven't seen from the first time. You notice a couple things, you know, mm. that you haven't, maybe details that slipped your mind or slipped you like your reading speed or whatever Yeah, <laughs> that you haven't really caught on. And I kind of like that. I like that a story can unfold itself through the process of, and even like, I can't spoil the ending, of course. That would make me evil. But, uh, <laughs> like, once you reach the ending and you know how the story ends, you literally will have a different perspective on the story. And if you decide to read it again, which I advise you to do, I myself will hopefully do that in the future. <laughs> and I really encourage you to, to really pay attention to every single detail in the novel because they're so important. Yeah, like there are things that we didn't see coming or didn't see from the beginning. It was, or maybe expected and then we were taken off track and then <laughs> it was there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you have to read it. I get to know what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, what more can we say? <laughs> <laughs> we can't. <laughs> That's that. That's why we're going into the spoiler part right now. <laughs> exactly. 
But hey, here's a question for you, Hanid. Would you mm-hmm. pick up a different Victoria Schwab novel now that you've read Addie LaRue? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm so interested in if if she kept up this kind of writing in her other books or if this is like her the peak of her career or so to say. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move into the spoiler part, shall we? Yeah, let's. So Fair warning. <laughs> <laughs> So you wanted to talk about Luke and Henry, Luke versus Henry first, or should we start with something else? Oh, you wanted to talk about the art pieces, right? Mm. Okay, so first off, because we kept mentioning mentioning it in the... uh, non-spoiler part, the art or like the other element that made the story real. Uh, It's a feature in the book that, you know, as you've read the book, that in each section there is an art piece. And then there is a little paragraph of how this art piece came to be and you realize it's because of of Addie. And I, I absolutely love that. That was one of the things that made the story surreal. Yeah. It's like I can look up these art pieces and find them and then I don't look for Addie, you know. <laughs> but not all of them are real. Like um some of them actually don't exist. Like some of them are uh most fic- of them I think fictional. Yeah. yeah, it's just there was this one sketch in I don't remember which part <laughs> uh that was said that it inspired the muse for uh minute. No, wasn't. Wait, I'll get the book. <laughs> yeah, the sketch. There was the sketch that was said the, uh, uh, that inspired the muse by Matteo. And that was the here where it struck me that this this could be real, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I myself, I wanted to be for these art pieces to be real because that would have made it more authentic and more like. <gasps> Oh my god, wow, she this is why she spent so much time on this because she was like maybe visiting all these museums maybe and looking at the mm-hmm. art pieces and trying to find inspiration how to incorporate them into her own novel. But like she took it to a whole new level. She invented her own art pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Just sat there and thought about what they should look like and the description and even think about their worth in money and I'm like wow here I'm looking at a 265,000 art piece dollar art piece <laughs> and it's uh, it's brilliant I'm like in like really impressed at that how how she yeah. came up with all of these art pieces on her own imagine imagine someone actually like made those into art pieces as in actual ones. <gasps> oh my god. And named it the Addie LaRue Museum or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. That would be amazing. That would be brilliant. It, yeah. Yeah. I think our our fav our mutual favorite is uh, Dream Girl. The uh the music piece. Oh yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, mm. by Toby. Uh-huh by toby i kind uh, of toby. loved that one and toby the character himself was so 
yeah charismatic and like in <laughs> it was just very very adorable <laughs> yeah i feel i i honestly feel like addy ruined him for life <laughs> true i think he won't be able to fall for anyone because he will always want addy that he can't remember <laughs> poor guy yeah poor guy that's so sad <laughs> it is that's like he's hung up on something that he he will never have yeah but maybe he will like, he, who knows <laughs> he was he was such a small character in the book but i kept wondering about him a lot yeah me too like what 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 happens to him you know yeah i mean i kind of wanted him to be the boy who remembers her i mean it's it's obvious mm. that when you read he will not be but um i kind of wished for him to be it because i didn't want him to be left all alone and <laughs> not get the girl you know <laughs> yeah but anyway he did he reminded me he reminded me of a character in uh, Lindsay kelk's book alex alex reed oh. he was the, the musician he was a musician as well and in a band and or a singer you know so i felt like oh this could be it you know but in a different context of course mm -hmm. Like that, that he would be the one to remember. But I mean, couple a couple of pages in, you know, he's not the one because he didn't remember any of the other nights. So yeah, but I was yeah. like expecting there to be a night kida where the the rules don't apply. You know, just one yeah. night where there's like a glitch in the system and he remembers all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what I was expecting. And maybe he remembers all of the other nights. Yeah. And, but still, yeah. from the synopsis, I knew that it was a a guy in a bookstore so i was waiting for the bookstore setting but then another <laughs> guy in a bookstore shows up and i'm like okay it's definitely not him <laughs> yeah and then like i guess my favorite because it reminds me of uh, uh akofas and the court of grimers and <laughs> uh leah one forgotten night uh the one where the artist imagined um people as uh skies yeah <laughs> oh skies yes 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 oh mm. that is actually one of my favorite quotes that i wanted to mention the one where um <clears throat> yeah you know she said they say people are like snowflakes each one unique but i think they're more like skies some are cloudy some are stormy some are clear but no two are ever quite the same. Yeah, yeah. It was associated with it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. And yeah. I really love that, you know. It's so... Like, I, I, it's so easy to relate to. Because when we're, like, outside and we're sitting somewhere or in a garden or something. And then we see the look at the sky and like, oh my god, that's so beautiful. And then we just take a picture. Because it's so beautiful and unique. Mm -hmm. And maybe our our whole our, our whole phone gallery is like just sky <laughs> sky pictures. I think like I love that books made the sky even mean different, like a different thing to us than just the yes. literal thing, you know. Yes, like here exactly. and a court of mist and fury, and you know, and other books as well. It's just I love books. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, duh. <laughs> you, <laughs> where you have a podcast about books, <laughs> it means you, you kind of like books, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, let's uh, move on to one of the other art pieces that I really liked was the first one at the very beginning, which was called... Can you remind me again, Hanin? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Something uh, taking flight, right? A revenir. Yeah, revenir. Revenir, yes. Yeah. Revenir, yeah. yeah. I love what it represents. We talked about this while we were discussing our notes for the podcast. Yeah. And you said, something, you said something brilliant. You just hit the nail right on the head <laughs> when you said it represents her. Like she's just on the verge of being free. Hmm. But she's not. She's like caught in this golden cage, you know. And it's exactly yeah. like the sculpture with like the birds. And yeah, it represents her curse, basically. Like she's actually allowed to take flight, but she can't in a way. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly, because she's like nailed down. She can't go anywhere. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite pieces. And the last one, the very last one, which, which is uh, the Polaroids about the girl. Oh, the Polaroids broke my heart. <laughs> oh, it, just, yes. it just broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that as a, a tying the knot in the story at the very end is so, like, it's so heart, heartbreaking, like you said. And it's... <sighs> It's like the only thing he can remember her by, but her face is not visible. So that's like so sad. Yeah. And then the reality <laughs> of of memory that y you don't really remember. Like, yeah. like I'll tell you something and I, uh, I'm not sure if it's normal or it's just me. But <laughs> like sometimes when I don't look enough at my parents' faces, I just, I don't remember their exact features. I mean, of course, I remember yeah. what they yeah, look yeah. like. I mean, like, if they had a mark somewhere or, like, a crease mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't remember those details, so. Yeah. And, and like, I live with them. <laughs> so, no, yeah. I totally I mean, get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is something that has happened to me with uh, Bamboo, the cat that I used to have. Uh-huh. Um, like, when he, when he was gone, um... Just a little background story for <laughs> for you guys because you probably don't know what I'm talking about. I used to have a cat and then I used to let him outside of my house and he one day he just never came back. So that's basically the story in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm fine to talk about it now because that was years ago, but when it happened, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, like now I can't even remember what it feels like to have a cat, you know? Mm -hmm. Like when I had him, I remember what it feels like to have one and I kind of remember what he looked like but when I really think about it I don't remember anything so that's kind of yeah but yours is more extreme like mine is like over, over <laughs> I, mean, I mean your your yours is the the regular thing I mean I was like yeah. exaggerating to make a point that yeah, yeah, yeah you I know yeah <laughs> yeah But, I mean, that is pretty normal, I guess. Yeah. And, and, in, and in, their, in their case, in their story, it's it's just so painful, you know? 
oh, that yes. you want to hold on to that someone and and just your biology or I don't know mental state can like your nature yeah can keep oh my them. god and I loved that part at the end like again this is related to memory when he was saying that he didn't want this process to be over because when he finished writing the manuscript he could already feel her slipping away yeah because when he was writing it he he was inside the story he was with mm-hmm. her he could envision her and maybe feel her even and when he finished the story and then it, it was just about to be um like no his friend uh b read it and then she said you have to publish this right she said that mm. yeah and then when he when he did when we had that moment we he realized that she was like slipping away from him and he, she, he was already starting to forget her and i i didn't think this was related to any kind of curse or it was just oh, like no. human nature yes it was it was the real thing the, the normal thing that yeah the yeah, nature yeah. yeah exactly of memory you start to forget like the little pieces like the usual um body language of a person that you can observe when they're around you but when they're mm. gone you forget those little things you know and yeah. the way they smelled starts to go away and like you know that that thing like about, that's mm. just related to human beings yes and you sort of remember their face but not their exact lines of their eyes and nose and mouth you know but you remember yeah the whole thing but not the details not the like, details yeah yeah and that's literally what the polaroid is representing you know mm-hmm. he it's like the features are hazy he can mm. kind of remember her but not really so yeah yeah it's it's the memory captured Mm-hmm. in a still frame like yeah <laughs> it's brilliant the i the idea behind it like yeah uh, <laughs> another anyway, we've been we've been talking too too much, much about, about the, the art, art not the story so yeah i yeah. think another unique thing about the book is the love triangle <laughs> and if we can Ooh, call it that yeah. like uh, yeah <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that yeah, yeah let, sure let's call it a love triangle just to put a label on it <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's very 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 unique like in in other stories when there is a love triangle the reader sort of like at the back of their head or deep down they know The character can have anyone other than those two, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, life can go on and then they can meet another person. But in this story, it's it's the only it's options, different. you know? It's different. Yeah. It's like, it's either and it's, him or and him. It's not really, and it's also not really a competition. You know, usually when you have a love triangle, you have the two men being aware of each other. Yeah. You know? And they know that they have to pursue this girl and to do everything in their manly power <laughs> that they, so they win the girl over. Yeah. But in this book, it's completely different. Like Luke usually in the, most of the time he just sat back and didn't really interfere. Mm-hmm. When, he, when Henry came into the picture, he didn't come into the picture until the very end. Um, yeah. Where they had their annual meeting. Mm-hmm. And so, then you always have this dread throughout yes. the story. Like his presence is so heavy in his, like, non-presence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was... 
I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a competition, like you said. It no. was just. Yeah. It was her. It was the choice between two, two people. You know. Exactly. That was that made it a love triangle in a way, and that she can't cho- choose anyone other than them. That's the yeah. unique part of it. But and yeah, I think the the only thing that makes it similar to a love triangle is because you have the opportunity to ask yourself who's better for her. You mm. o- always have this. Um, you always look at the two people in the love triangle. So you know, like okay. We have these uh, personality traits in, in this guy and these personality traits in that guy. Who would be perfect for her in this life, you know, mm. that she wants to lead? I think the easiest answer would have been Henry, right? Yeah. Maybe, I, I'm not sure. Like, I think Henry would have been the comfortable choice, but I think Luke is like the epic love that everyone is looking for, you know? Hmm. But I think Henry needs her more. Look. True, true. Yes. Yeah. True. If you look at it, you're like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look doesn't need, in a way, or... Or maybe no, he, he, he knew yeah. need when he knew her, but... I don't know. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Henry would have been perfect for her. Like, yeah. for... Just simply having the life she's always wanted, you know? She could have um, put roots, always like she keeps referring to in the book, like Mm. making, building roots or... um... So there was this quote as well that was saying, um, if she must grow roots, she would rather be left to flourish wild instead of pruned. Would rather stand alone, allowed to grow beneath the open sky. Better that than firewood cut down just to burn in someone else's he- hearth. Hearth hmm. or hearth? Hearth. Hearth? Hearth. Hearth. I think, yeah. Hearth. <laughs> so this was said in in reference At the beginning, to Luke. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or not not just Luke even. It was the, the other guy, the one she was forced to marry, right? Oh, oh yeah. It was the beginning. It was before yeah. Luke. Yeah, exactly. And so... Um, and to see her then feel like she could have that with Henry, you know, that was mm. the whole point. She wants to do that, but she wants to do it with the right person, and she doesn't yeah, want and it on, to be forced. Yeah, on her own terms, and yeah. on, her, on her own terms. And when she, when she has lived, when she had made a life for herself, independent yeah. of that concept of being with someone, you know, or tied, exactly. belonging yeah. to anyone. Mm-hmm. And ironically, she ended up belonging to the person she asked that of, you know, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> to Luke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the end, she was imp- imprisoned again. So she yeah. didn't really, she didn't really get what she wanted as in like from the whole deal. So yeah. she the didn't even is, get Henry. So <laughs> the thing is, like, I had this funny thought of like that is related to roots i mean with henry it's more of a family thing he has his friends and like his sister and he would have had like the family to introduce her to his parents but then who would look introduce her to his other friend gods or (laughs) like (laughs) you know hey let's go to brunch yeah with the the other gods you know (laughs) it's not gonna be like that (laughs) And it's not oh. human, you know, and and that was also an essential 
theme her. or like something that human Luke kept pressing on her that you're not human anymore however much you try to be and I I don't believe him I don't know why she believed him in the end I I didn't believe it either I'm like why okay what makes her non-human okay the immortal part I get it but still she functions like a human being yeah and and she like her wants and needs and and dreams and and even imperfections are human <laughs> like yeah. what made her this is her humanity in a way her her fear of of not living of missing out on on life exactly and like afraid of the unknown of this ending and this is very human <laughs> But like there are a lot of things that I don't agree with with Luke with Luke on, and I'm not sure. Like back to the question of who is better for her. Luke Luke is toxic. Luke is yeah possessive, and he only thinks of himself of what he needs. And I I I understand that he loves her, and I believe him when he says he loves her mm. and that moment that they had together the passion was so raw and intimate that yeah. i you could really sense that he he loves her if she loves him that is a different matter uh, but he definitely loves her but in a in a weird way and in a toxic way even like in in a way where he doesn't want to share her with anyone else mm. and and I don't know. It's weird with Luke. It's kind of <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's suffocating with Luke. Yeah. I think. And I don't know what she's trying to prove at the end. Like, why couldn't you? I don't know. Like, I w- look, before I knew Someone about Henry's Chris unresolved issues with yeah. the story. <laughs> <laughs> that hence that want to reread. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the thing is, what was I saying? <laughs> Um, you were talking about yeah yeah before before I knew of Henry's curse uh, Mm -hmm. I imagined that she would choose to live with him even if she doesn't get old until he dies and then she goes to Luke and asks him like I'm done with life you know yeah and and then I knew of his curse (laughs) that wasn't for a lifetime (laughs) it was only for one year Stupid Henry. <laughs> Stupid little Henry. Yeah. And um, then I said, okay, she would live with him for the end of this year. <laughs> and then she would, like, like this plan of Luke would backfire. She would go and tell him, have my soul. That's like, I'm done with mm-hmm, it because, mm-hmm. like, Henry isn't there. But I feel like she hasn't loved Henry enough, you know? Or maybe enough to do that to to just go again and, and I think, be happy with the time they had together yeah i think henry wasn't her true love like we said he mm. would have been the comfortable option you know yeah she would have had a good life with henry and the thing is i think um she was also kind of proving a point to luke i think she was also doing this in a kind of i'm rebelling against what you are keeping from me you know mm. this is this is even though this glitch with henry is because of luke 
like we at the end we discover that this whole time Luke knew about Henry <laughs> uh, the plot <laughs> and, twist <laughs> <laughs> and even Henry made a deal with Luke so what are the odds of that happening and it's uh i think it's her way of saying like screw you Luke you know <laughs> yeah and even her being in his presence like the end of the of the of the story she chooses mm. to walk away with Luke okay mm. so i i read this review on goodreads mm. um where this girl mentioned that she believes that actually uh Addie is totally in love with Luke but she doesn't want it to admit it to herself because if she does she will choose the life that she has never wanted you know she mm. wants to be free she wants to live life on her terms and if she chooses Luke um those things might be taken away from her you know because of his possessive nature You yeah know? and be and because she has made this into a war like exactly admitting that yes. she actually truly loves Luke Luke will be surrender her surrender know? yeah yeah exactly and she will not win and i think at the end of the story when she says i will um wait till he gets bored of me or tosses me aside and mm. then i'll act my revenge on him yeah um I think in the in the moment maybe she meant it but I think I'm imagining the process we don't know how it will go from there it's just like an open ending yeah. kind of but I'm willing to imagine that after a while she will he will really grow on her she will really fall in love with him if she hasn't already and I don't know I think they're going to be like end game or sort of I don't know <laughs> because uh, i i don't i don't imagine her actually doing that to luke and then going back to henry you know yeah i don't see her going back to henry do you hmm like i hope they meet again and henry would have found his like calling and i, I don't know like maybe luke would give them the years remaining in henry's life because he loves her like that's just mm. wishful thinking <laughs> but yeah i mean if luke was able to do that he would have you know yeah already did that yes okay apart from luke versus henry scenario we have also this kind of idea or question that we or that i had or we had at the end henry henry had had <laughs> like henry had asked her if it was all worth it or if she would have done it again yeah if she would have made her wish and knowing the consequences mm -hmm. and she said that it was it thinking was of the life yeah. she she've had like yeah the mark that she left on the world and this is mm. also a part um like it's i think it's also a part part of the war between her and luke you know mm. yeah of her that trying she to win. has to had like yeah if, if if she admits that it wasn't worth it he would win you know <laughs> exactly so it's all related to her 
um, I, the idea of her wanting to win and not giving Luke the satisfaction that he'll, yeah, he'll win her basically and she'll surrender and that's basically mm. the end of the story. I think her, some, some, some of her pride is within the whole thing, you know? She doesn't want to let yeah. go of her pride. And I think she's she is kind stubborn of from the beginning. <laughs> what? Yeah. I think she's stubborn from the beginning. Like, yeah. You can tell yeah. that she is stubborn. <laughs> Even her sister. Uh, oh, my God. Her name slipped my mind. Um, Not sister. Her, her The aunt. old lady in her town. Yeah. Uh, Estelle. Estelle. Yeah. Was saying that she was a stubborn child, right? Something yeah. like that. And I I believe that Addie is lying to herself when she said that it was all worth it. Because at the end, she was very lonely for a really, really long time. And how is that worth it compared to <laughs> the little marks that she left on her on the world that people will not even associate with her? They are just random pieces of art that have muses that are unknown and she'll never be remembered so how is that worth it <laughs> but I, I get it i mean in her situation if she has lived as long as she has lived saying that it hasn't been worth it after all that time is kind of yeah i i like I would wish for what she has wished for, as in the not the immortality, but I don't know. Like I would want to to see all of history happening, basically, or or stories unfolding. But I don't know if it would be worth the curse, not the 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 time, yeah. Like just the curse, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it wouldn't. I mean, okay, the way you picture it in your head, Hanin, is uh, when you see um, see it happening in the movies. You know, you have like this character, uh, the years of his life are panning out and they're like in just uh, snippets and scenes. And um, But real life happens pretty slowly. And what you're experiencing as history is not history, it's life. So yeah. if you go through <laughs> the plague or whatever happens during that time it's life. as well. It's life. It's not history. It's And she yeah. even mentioned that um, in the story. When like, Henry asked her what was it like to witness history. Yeah. And, she, and I think I have Henry's view of like the, the fantasism of it, the idealism. You exactly, know? yeah. And if you live for 300 years, it's pretty long time. So, <laughs> but I can, the in the audiobook, uh, I mm -hmm. loved the um, the detail to her accent. Like when we yeah. were in the 1700s, back in the day where mm -hmm. she was like just starting out her uh, her curse, uh, she mm -hmm. had a very French accent. And if we're in the in the time of our time, like the future, um, she, her accent is completely gone. <laughs> There's no accent anymore. <laughs> There's no French accent. She can speak languages. Huh. She can speak Latin, German. Uh, um, there were other languages that she could speak. Um, I can't remember them. 
not really important. <laughs> but uh, she, <laughs> no, could, I mean... she had no accent anymore. Like it sounded, mm. it sounded American. So I love that yeah. attention to detail as well. <laughs> I, I I started the audiobook uh, like until chapter six or something, and then I stopped. So I haven't seen the. The, the shift the shift i mean heard the shift <laughs> scene yeah <laughs> yeah but uh was it all worth it was it all worth it in the end i mean if we if we pick luke as her soulmate then i'd say yes if not then no <laughs> no even if henry was her soulmate it, it, it's worth it waiting all this time you know of uh, like skipping her time in a way mm -hmm. you know so yeah worth it <laughs> in uh, both ways if it's luke or henry well let's imagine if luke did not love her trick her oh trick her you know okay yeah that he didn't trick her he gave her what she wanted like she went back to her house and like was rebellious and no i'm not gonna go to that church and then everyone was angry with her and life went on and she left the village and met someone and then or didn't for a while or had lovers or whatever. And then she meets someone and she falls in love and she has a family with them, but she's still the same and they get old and then her children get old and die and she keeps going on or she doesn't, you know? Yeah. Like that would have been, I think that was would well what was more merciful i think <laughs> well, that wasn't fluke style no <laughs> and would that have been would that have been worth it i don't think so what would have been worth it is what happened the chris versus not being able to to say no to living like she wants you know mm -hmm. i don't know <laughs> It's it's complicated. It is complicated. <laughs> Keyword of the episode. <laughs> I I think it, I don't know if there's like really a yes or no answer because it's very mm. subjective. Like there's no yeah. right or wrong um, scenario. So I think for the author, it's the easiest <laughs> way to pick that yes, the character believes it's all worth it because if she goes down any other road, her book would be much, much longer than that. <laughs> and True. I think she'd have much more resentment against Luke than she already has. Like if she believed yeah. it's not worth it, I think she she'd hate Luke a lot, lot more. So mm. yeah. I guess anyone can just like contemplate this question a little, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I think it is kind of what the author is trying to provoke with this story, you know, because mm. we all imagine what it would be like living forever or witnessing history in the making or, you know, seeing all these different uh, mm. art pieces or movies that are so famous, but look, things them, that happen for the great things that happen for the for first, the first time. time yeah you know it all comes down to that moment when luke took her to that opera and she was odd and then he said later that he knew he would never win you know yeah it's it all comes down to that her curiosity her her want of of culture and 
and life, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. new things that life always offers a new thing, even if it's, you know what? If Luke did not trick her, her life might have become stagnant at the end or still, you know, it would have been the routine and I mean, definitely. would have been all the same in the end. Like what didn't matter if she lived her life or lived longer. I think Addie was sort of her plaything. You know, he was curious to see what she would do or how she would react to certain situations. Maybe mm. he loved the passion in her. Maybe he was jealous of the passion that she has because Luke mm. himself human. is <laughs> Luke himself is immortal. So he gets yeah. to witness these things all the time. Maybe he can even travel back in time to see those things again over and over. We don't know mm. what his the capacity of his powers. We only see yeah. what he shows us. So I think compared to all the artists and people who come to him and ask for favors, maybe they're all boring to him. Like maybe they all ask for the same thing. I ask for fame. I ask for talent. I ask for, maybe he's bored by these people. He wants something Mm. real. So he was intrigued by Addie to see, oh my God, she's different than all of them. And she doesn't. Yeah, she asked for something different. Yeah, and she doesn't give in. Like, she keeps fighting and fighting. Like, other people would be depressed if they were alone, you know, all this Mm. time. And, like, her will to keep going, like, her passion, like you said, to see culture and life and to encounter all these moments, they're much, much bigger than just wanting to be free, you know? They're just, Mm. they're keeping her going, you know? Those are the ones that are driving her as a human being so i think that's what attracted him to Addie, and that's why her deal is special other uh, from the rest of them than the others yeah. yes and i don't think Addie imagined the world or the life she would have she would have making that wish you know or that yeah, prayer yeah yeah no one like, would. No I mean, one would. she only grew up in a village. She wouldn't have known of all the other things that she had no idea about. Yeah. But I also want us to talk about Henry's curse. Like, yeah, Henry's right. curse is also unique. Like, it's not mm. something... Like, asking to be enough, that mm. is so... Um, like, I, I Henry is such an imperfect character. Yeah. That 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 it rubs wrong with you mm. <laughs> in a way that it's it's all your insecurities in one character. In one character. <laughs> yeah. But I think as well, asking to be enough—that's what he was, what he asked for, right? Yeah, to be enough, to be to be what they want, or enough for them. Like. Exactly, and I and yeah. just thinking about that is so sad because when you ask to be enough, you ask for the least thing possible to receive Mm. as a human being if you ask to be enough for other people and that is such a low thing to ask and Mm. and to only have that for a year as well oh my god like henry had literally hit rock bottom at that day he (laughs) asked luke to be enough and 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 he and he wasn't well he had mental issues and depression issues yeah so I guess it came from there, the the, the careless, carelessness for time. Yeah, exactly. Like he didn't see a future, you know, so that what, mm. that's why he was, okay, just give me one more year and, and I want it to end, you know. 
But it's genius from Victoria to make Henry's curse harmonize so well with Addie's curse. Mm. Like, they are like a seesaw, you know? <laughs> they <laughs> they fit perfectly together. Like, the mm. curse from Henry just is perfect for Addie. And, yeah. And because he made that deal with um, Luke, it doesn't have an effect on... Like, Addie's curse doesn't have an effect on Henry. Mm. And then, if you think about it, no one was enough for Addie. Like, as a, like, as a lover or yeah, as true. a guy, you know, from the very beginning. And then the guy that thinks he's not enough for anyone <laughs> becomes enough for her. Yeah. For a while. Tricky. Very tricky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the only purpose of Henry's um, appearance in Addie's life is simply to write her story and to make her story... Um, last forever you know immortal to make her immortal in the yeah yeah in the in the book world so to say <laughs> and which felt like it was in our world like it was yes. the actual book we're reading and then you know i actually did check the cover is Vic is victoria's name on the cover you know i was like let's do i want to look again at the cover again you know that i was reading mm -hmm. and then i flipped to the cover ah no her name is there <laughs> i mean when 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 henry made the cover all the invisible life of Addie larue without yeah. his name i was like let's double check <laughs> <laughs> for, for a moment there i was like oh it's real <laughs> and then no it's it's not sad the it's thing fiction. that i checked was the um the dedication like at the beginning when huh. he said to someone I don't remember okay. what he wrote. Um, the very first page, like he, before... I think he said, I remember. I remember or something. Yes, 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 yes. That's what he wrote. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and right? I thought that's what she actually wrote. But no, she wrote to someone she knows. In her. And I thought that's maybe what she would have written. Imagine if she had written that. That would have been creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, I remember you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah I, remember I remember you. The thing is that the theme of memory in this book is so strong. Yeah, like I can't, I feel it. It's it's not just something that I find the pattern for or, or see in the book. It's just, it's something I feel. The, the idea of, of losing the features of someone to your memory, the idea of forgetting someone entirely and therefore that someone feels like they don't exist the idea of yeah i don't know memory of the whole book you know <laughs> the idea of writing a book to remember someone who everyone one forgets and it's the forgetting and the memory and the remembering it's amazing it's so good. like yeah I, I i feel like it's it's something even new to me like I don't think we came across it in any other books. No. Mm -mm. This theme of memory, you know. No. And, and, it, and it's of... taken in such a, a, a rich way. Like, I can imagine a contemporary book about someone with, like, uh, no, not a contemporary book, just a fiction book about someone with Alzheimer's, for example. Or, you know, they're, 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 they're regular, they're the real things, you know. Mm -hmm. Or the more... 
scientific fact uh, proven thing but like she took the notebook. it she made, she made memory as magic yeah. yeah like the notebook for example yeah for example like the, there is a theme of memory there but it's it's different just yeah she made the, the this theme of memory as a magical thing and mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> you too okay i guess let's move on on to quotes Mm -hmm. sadly we didn't prepare any but we're going to flick through goodreads and maybe remember parts of the book and our maybe come across our favorite quotes that we did not highlight carelessly (laughs) like careless of us but yeah (laughs) oh here's one but here's one it's related to Mm -hmm. roots as well um yeah i love the the mention of the tree constantly in the story Okay, so the yeah. quote is, Adeline had decided she would rather be a tree, like Estelle. If she must try, if she must grow roots, she would rather be left to flourish, wild instead of pruned. Would rather stand alone. You read that already. No, this one is different. Hmm, okay. This one is different. Um, okay. The other one was with firewoods and cut down just to burn in someone else's heath. And this one ends with okay. Go um, this to the one line ends where it's pruned, with, and then this one ends with she would rather be left to flourish wild instead of pruned. Would rather stand alone, allowed to grow beneath the open sky. And then instead of being, it's the same one yeah, with the it's shortened. Different. Yeah. Like the the mention of the tree on Estelle's grave. Right, there was mm-hmm. a tree on Estelle's grave. She 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 planted a tree on Estelle's grave. Yeah, and the, the it was constantly mentioned as well in the story, and I kind of liked it. Mm. Yeah, and there's also that quote, of course, the one about but the also, books. But also, but also, I didn't get I didn't get the tree. Like a tree is is uh, it's static in one place you know yes it grows and yes it gets wider and yes it has roots but but it's in one place that's exactly exactly what you just said is what she wants she wants to like basically root herself in one place and to be happy but in not one her single village place. <laughs> no she but wants not her to, village i mean to be honest like she keeps searching for something so she she believes that when she finds the one place where she can be truly happy, she wants to plant roots. Like, she wants to root herself in this place, basically. I don't know. I feel like this is contradicting the whole thing of her wanting to be free and roam around and not belong okay, to but anyone then again, or anything why would or any she, place. Why would she want to be with someone if she wants to be free? Like, why is she falling in love with people, you know? It's also contradicting. Yeah. Why does she want to spend her life with Henry if she wants to be free? You know, it's not about being free. It's about choosing what she wants for herself. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the the day where she was forced to ma- marry someone. It's not like she doesn't want to get married ever. Okay. Yeah. She wants to get. married. I mean, she conjured be a guy for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was this other quote that I loved. It was about silence. I think you liked that one too. <gasps> yes. It was, it's the one that said, there are a hundred kinds of silence. 
there is the thick silence of places long sealed shut and the muffled silence of ears stoppered up, the empty silence of the dead and the heavy silence of the dying. There is the hollow silence of a man who has stopped praying and the airy silence of an empty synagogue and the held breath silence of someone hiding from themselves. There is the awkward silence that fills the space between people who don't know what to say, and the thought silence that falls over those who do, but don't know where or how to start. <laughs> <laughs> and there were other types of silences along the story. I wish I had highlighted those uh, that I liked that showed how Henry and, and, and Adi were getting to know each other or developed a thing for them you know <laughs> yeah oh yeah. you mean the other one about silence okay uh i found it so okay. it's um okay addy ponders a life is a very long time and henry nods a silence settles over them less awkward than shy nervous laughter in between stolen glances two strangers who are no longer strangers but know so little of each other. That's the one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I think it maybe would describe every start of a relationship <laughs> in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. Same. And then there's the, the ones that are about books. Um, there were several mm, ones. A lot of them. And stories and film and... Yeah. Ooh, there's this deep one, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. I don't usually like to think about these things. They're just... <laughs> anyway, it says, Do you think life, a life has any value if one doesn't leave some mark upon the world? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well... I mean, not necessarily, no. No, no, I feel... I actually feel very pressured, like from myself, of course, that... Um, I should leave some kind of mark and that's why I want to be part of telling stories mm -hmm. in film because then I would have left my mark somehow on someone like I would have sparked an idea or made someone feel something or changed something in someone or I don't know or I don't know left a mark on people <laughs> or in the world like I feel as well that it's going to be um, a legacy of sorts, you know? And Well, it depends on how it affects the people, so <laughs> if yeah, it's I a legacy want... or not. I mean, it's a, if it's a point of, like, something that's driving someone, then I think it um, can drive people crazy or insane because it's hard to achieve that. And uh, it's also related to people who don't believe in afterlife, you know? Some mm. people who don't believe in afterlife, they feel this need in leaving a mark on the world because um, they, they think that once they die, it's utter oblivion and they will never be remembered again or will never uh, feel or um, like spark anything within anyone. So mm. it's this kind of But I disagree with that. That, they, that they will disappear forever, you know? That's not mm. really the case you know yeah yeah i disagree with that idea i mean like 
ancient Egyptians believed in afterlife and they even took their stuff with them so then when they wake up they use them <laughs> but uh, they left their stories everywhere and that's them leaving a mark and leaving something for other people to come and like know their story and know what they've done and the mark they left on the world so mm. I don't know I don't think it's related to not believing in the afterlife or maybe like if you look at it from a different angle but I mean I was yeah. I'm kind of if I if I read this quote I always remember um uh, the character from the fault in our stars what's his name again the mm-hmm. the Augustus yes Augustus he feared oblivion you know and yeah and that is exactly what I'm talking about people who fear oblivion they have this need or this drive in them that is unnecessary, you know, for... To make this worth it. Or exactly. To make, yeah. That, yeah. And I, I, I mean, sure, you can leave a mark on the world, but not everyone can leave it on the world. So it's, uh, it's also about how you want to affect people around you. So even if you mm. think in a smaller scale... Um, think of your family for example some people go by in their life and they don't really connect with their family members and then mm-hmm. when they die they feel like um, oh my god I never really knew this person and they were my, f- my family you know so I think it's yeah, also yeah. Um, to think about uh, your the real life people around you and not think in the larger scale you know that's mm-hmm. also how you can leave your mark upon people so it's not just yeah. through art. But I think art. I am more modest about it. Like I want to be part of that mark, not the mark. You know, <laughs> you know. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, there are there is one co- comparing books to movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and my feelings are I can't choose books over movies or movies over books. So I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> exactly. It says. <laughs> Books are wonderful, portable, lasting, but sitting there in the darkened theater, the white screen filling her vision, the world falls away, and for a few short hours, she is someone else, plunged into romance and intrigue and comedy and adventure. <laughs> and, and like in, in both mediums or media, yeah, mediums, yeah? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you lose, you kind of lose yourself to those characters. For a short time as a movie for like roughly two hours or as long as you keep reading on a book. They're both this they're both the same in that aspect, but I love how she like compared them because like they both have the same level in my heart and I love that she loves them both. Like she reads and goes to movie theaters and mm-hmm. And I wish it was that simple as like filling a popcorn <laughs> popcorn ba- bucket and going into the theater. <laughs> like, <laughs> not that easy anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to pay a lot to get into a movie theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are like the beautiful quotes, the ones that are about books and. Um, there's other quotes about books so there's the books she has found are a way to live a thousand lives or to find strength in a very long one and funnily Mm. enough this brings us back to Henry writing the story about her so (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
And there's this one as well. What she needs are stories. Stories are a way to preserve oneself, to be remembered and to forget. Remembered and to forget. Stories yes. come in so many forms, in charcoal and in song, in paintings, poems, films and books. Books she has found are a way, are a way to live a thousand lives or to find strength in a very long one. So it's like the combination of that other quote as well. Yeah. I love what the quotes about being a dreamer. <gasps> and yes. Like there is this one that said there is a defiance in being a dreamer. And yes, you defy everyone who tells you to cling to reality, that you live in the real world, that like think practically. Yeah, I do think practically, but I cannot not dream and, and wish for things that that's what makes me want to live. <laughs> Otherwise, then why am I here? Yeah. There is this one as well that keeps saying, a dreamer scorns her mother. A dreamer mourns her father. A dreamer warns Estelle. Still, it does not seem such a bad word. Yeah, it I does not. I love that one as well. I love that one. Yeah, it, it, it basically describes our life. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. And here are some gloomy ones from Luke, okay? Um, uh-huh. Do not mistake this kindness. I simply want to be the one who breaks you. Want to break you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember so that chilly. one. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this one as well from Luke. I am stronger than your god and older than your devil. I am the darkness between stars and the roots between beneath the earth. I am promise and potential. And when it comes to playing games, I divine the rules. I set the pieces and I choose when to play. <laughs> chills chills <laughs> <laughs> yeah he scared me in that part <laughs> same oh. yeah he scared me more than he when when she saw his real face or you know <laughs> is this it's it's his words that makes you like he, it makes you feel this desperation that you'll never win yeah <laughs> or that she's never win and she'll you never can win. feel yeah. that he means them you know he's so yeah yeah it's like it's like don't forget yourself you know exactly <laughs> yeah and there are there is this one about being forgotten or loneliness uh it says being forgotten she thinks is a bit like going mad you begin to wonder what is real if you are real after all how can a thing be real if it cannot be remembered i think it's the same as leaving a mark and goes with the theme of memory and being mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually there <laughs> no do i exist existential crisis dun 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 <laughs> <laughs> and i love how they described as well henry's depression as a storm and that it will pass and like i love the metaphor in it yeah same i love uh, the one that is déjà vu, déjà su, déjà vu su. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love already seen, already heard, already, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember counting. those verbs, actually. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, what was the other one? Okay, this is a, a, a bit of a long one. Okay, this is, <laughs> this is one we've talked about before. It's uh, why would anyone trade a lifetime of talent for a few years of glory? 
Luke's mm-hmm. smile darkens because time is cruel to all and crueler still to artists. Because vision weakens and voices wither and talent fades, he leans close, twists a lock of her hair around one finger. Because happiness is brief and history is lasting. And in the end, he says, everyone wants to be remembered. <laughs> and it's so... Um, below the belt yeah (laughs) no why tell this to someone who cannot be remembered then you're the reason for it (laughs) (laughs) exactly no and i think he was kind of telling us as readers that Hmm. um why he finds addy so interesting you know um like the 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 thing that she wished for is not to be remembered you know uh, yeah. Like her thing, her thing to ask for was not, oh, I want to be uh, famous. I want to have this talent. I want to suffer. So, um, again, this is brings us back to the way he she he was intrigued by Addie's request, so to say. So he was yeah. kind of teasing her in a way. Of course, he was kind of being a jerk, <laughs> but he's also <laughs> being like, um, don't be like them. You know, yeah. Uh, don't yeah. be shallow and don't want things that everyone wants. You know, be different. So yeah, that's kind of nice. There is this one also that I think describes her situation. Uh, it goes, uh, "I do not want to belong to someone else. I do not." Ah, uh, that yeah, that one. She was saying all the things that she does not want. Yeah. <laughs> And I loved it. I do not want to belong to someone else. I do not want to belong to anyone but myself. I want to be free. Free to live and to find my own way to love or to be alone. But at least it is my choice. And I am so tired of not having choices. So scared of the years rushing past beneath my feet. I do not want to die as I've lived. Which is no life at all. (laughs) And did she get this? Did she... Was she free of all of it? No. I think then we can say that it was worth it. I mean, she she couldn't choose who she would love because there was no other choice but Luke and then there was Henry and then, like, it's not really a choice, you know? Well, all the things that you just mentioned from the quote, none of these things she has received. So... What I can conclude from this is, is that it has not been worth it. Hmm. Like, she does not want to belong to someone else. Scratch that, she belongs to Luke because she's tied to him. (laughs) I don't want to belong to anyone but myself. Scratch that as well. I want to be free. You're not free. Scratch that. Free to live and find my own way to love or to be alone. Okay, you kind of got that. Um, Yeah. But at least it is my choice. It's not a choice. Not really. It's, it's not a choice. You've yeah. been forced to live this way. And I'm so tired of not having choices. So scared of the years rushing past beneath my feet, which they have been, just so you know. I don't want to die as I've lived, which is no life at all. I mean, compared to human beings, you haven't really lived because you haven't settled. You haven't... You don't, you, your own family doesn't even remember you. It's like you don't exist. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have a life. No, you didn't. So again, brings us back to has it all been worth it? So if we look at this quote, 
you we can say no but i don't know if uh the character herself then believes that maybe it has all all the suffering that she's gone through has been worth it because i met henry so yeah i guess kind of we can say it's worth it Hmm. you know yeah Let's not go over it. It's exhausting. Oh, yes. <laughs> I feel like there's we're going in quote. circles. Yeah. There's this quote about Henry that says, he always liked learning, loved it really. If he could have spent his whole life sitting in a lecture hall, taking notes, could have drifted from department to department, haunting different studies, soaking up language and history and art, maybe he would have felt full, happy. And then oh, I asked myself, I why didn't he have that? But that that's actually attainable in a way. <laughs> you know, actually, I mean, ironically, the curse that Addie has, Henry needs. <laughs> yeah, because he's the one who's all in love with history and art and all that. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been better with that curse <laughs> than Addie yeah. was. So I don't know because he's like again fascinated with the idea of seeing history and like, yeah. And art and, and new things li- happening and learning about everything, yeah. like knowing, knowledge, gaining knowledge. And being a student, it's all he knew and it's what he loved. And I think I relate to him a bit because like we just graduated and yeah, all we knew what to be was to be a student. Exactly, for 12 <laughs> and, years. <laughs> yeah, more, more, like. Count the years when you were like in KG and <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> really? Like, it's more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess. Which again shocks me. Why would he ask Luke for, for that? You know? Because when he asks mm. to be enough, how is that any. How will that fulfill you in any way? To you know? him. He, he asked to be enough to them, not to him. Exactly. You know? Like, I want someone enough for me. That would be clever to ask for because then you're asking for mm. someone who. No, no, no. I want to be enough to someone as I am, not as what they want in me. Like, you know? Oh, right. Right. Wow. The, he should have asked it like that. Yeah. He he was drunk, so... <laughs> he was really drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't blame him for that. I mean, he was already... But I, mean, I mean, it's already dangerous to talk to Luke. And it's <laughs> even more dangerous to talk to Luke when you're drunk, so... <laughs> and Luke, as we know him, will take full advantage of the situation. <laughs> yeah. And twists every word you say yeah exactly so do not ever ever pray to the gods that come after in the dark (laughs) and read the fine print yeah before you sign anything read the fine print (laughs) uh i guess to conclude it's this novel had a lot of life in it a lot of uh, of insecurities and imperfections and wants and dreams and needs and mm-hmm. everyone was was something and then ended up being something else and even Luke, <laughs> I mean, he knew about this thing called love. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> like even Luke is and, not immune yeah. from love. <laughs> <laughs> so this book was so fulfilling and I think think most people would agree with that 
I mean, I feel like I haven't read something like this in a while that made me feel like fresh to reading, you know, yes. of to, fresh to, 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 like we pressed to living in a story. Button. Like we pressed a reset yes. button or something. It's so refreshing. I, I'm so glad I, I picked it up. I'm so glad he suggested it to me. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm so glad for Victoria for writing it. And yeah, same. I'm only a little upset that I didn't give enough uh, justice. Attention? Yeah, or, not enough attention yeah. to the book. Because, Concentration. Exactly, because yeah. yeah. I was reading it in huge intervals because I was mm-hmm. constantly uh, stopping reading the book and I had other things to do and I was distracted most of the time. So that's why I feel like I should give it another another go and to see yeah. <laughs> and to really see it again through different eyes now that I know the story and possibly have another part to it <laughs> yes but I don't think where so. the table changes <laughs> yeah yeah it, so, it yeah. speaks a standalone <laughs> yeah yeah and I like how we have the freedom of choosing on our own as readers what will happen to Addie and Luke you know like in yeah. your head you can picture and we're not mad at the ending the ending is perfect it's also yeah. unique in itself because you can make it your own. You know, it's own. like what? It's like what? It's like La La Land. Like, <gasps> I remember when yes. I watched La La Land, I, I thought, like, if this story had went as, like, with a happy ending of them ending up together, mm-hmm. it would have been, like, such a bad film in the end, you know? Yeah, yeah. It would <laughs> but, have been, like, like, having them... It would have been, like, Romeo and Juliet ending up together yeah. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> not dying tragically <laughs> exactly what made it a good story is that it had an unconventional ending you yes know, it's... yeah yeah true but anyway we have talked a lot about this book yeah <laughs> we have certainly we given it enough the talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we have certainly given it enough attention in the podcast <laughs> So um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode with us, this chapter. And uh, we will be coming with a new episode very soon. We'll be picking it up again. And (laughs) hopefully, yeah, you'll tune in to chapter 32. We hope by then your dreams have come true and you are careful of what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Make smart decisions. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Thank you for making it to the end of this chapter. It's been so much fun getting back on the horse and reviewing a new book on Between the Pages. For next chapter, we have something special for you in store. We are reviewing the long-awaited fourth novel in the Akutar series, A Court of Silver Flames. Now, this is your cue to go back and listen to our previous episodes on the series and check out the things we predicted would happen in the fourth book. Thank you for listening. We post on Wednesdays. Mark the page for chapter 32.